G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast bumper episode coming at you, JLo and I are sitting down again on a beautiful uh, Monday evening discussing our fantasy sides after round one. Life Rising Coke got off to a pretty, pretty, pretty good start. I wasn't unhappy with the boys' efforts over the weekend, so obviously it wouldn't be a Sports by Fry podcast if Jake and I didn't talk about fantasy, so we chew through a bit of that, talk about our teams, discuss some of the uh, top 10 players in the NBA. We did a superstar versus star ranking a couple of months ago. Mm, Yeah, I think it was about 20 games into the NBA season, so we kind of revisited a bit of that. And then I threw a couple of footy questions at JLO as well, talking a bit about the up and about Carlton Blues, Heath Chapman's fantastic fist, and a few other sporting tidbits. So without further ado, let's dive into the pod. We're back Monday night, time to sit down and uh, yarn, talk sport. We've got some footy to analyze how you doing monday evening jlo i'm good i'm good mate yeah finally footy back very excited spent most of the week ken doing nothing uh watching the footy so i had plenty of intentions of things i was gonna do on the weekend yeah uh yeah watching footy turned out to be most of my weekend so yeah i feel like a bit of a slug that's okay i've uh just been patrolling social media and just pumping up uh heath chapman on every possible platform that i can uh might actually don't know how Heath Fry rolls off the tongue, but it might get a middle name or something because that bloke is now my favourite person uh, on the galaxy. Yeah, that was... I only literally watched the last two minutes. Oh, I sort of on and off for that match, but watched the last two minutes and I was like, wow, man, that kid's just... Like you say, it's the most important spoil in Frio history. Yeah, look, I said that. I think I put that up on the Sportsbee instagram story i genuinely can't think of another important spoil not that there would be like you know a famous spoil but um the the grand final on rewalt heath shaw maybe oh that's a that's a smother not a spoil oh, okay yeah yeah fair enough yeah, yeah, give yeah. You okay. either way one of the uh greatest defensive players we've got going on that whole <laughs> you should have seen me that whole freeo game I was just a roller coaster of emotions. Like after the first quarter, I was like, oh, we should be like doing a bit better. We're not like capitalizing on chances. Half time, we're up by 26. And I was like, oh, no worries. I'll take a 52 point win. That'll be sweet. Like halfway through the third quarter, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to bed. This is fucking bullshit. Every year, Frio does this to me. I'm not happy. Fourth yeah. quarter started. I left the room. And then came and sat back on the couch and, yeah, luckily watched Frio get a massive win. Huge for their uh, September chances. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I, I'm a obviously a West Coast fan, but Frio kind of, I'm always going for Frio, but I just didn't want them to win for some reason. I don't yeah, know why. Okay. I was Deep down, you're still a like, coaster oh. at heart. Yeah, like make it be a close, like really close, really good effort, but they just lost it like at the death. But, you know, I'll... I'll I'll go for free. It was an impressive game, impressive play, but it was just part of me wanted you guys to lose. I don't know why, but, you know, luckily Chapo comes through. Yeah, the man, the myth. Uh, a lot of people had him in their fantasy. Well, a lot, 5%, I think, had him in their fantasy sides. He didn't exactly uh, light it up. But yeah, defenders around the uh, AFL kind of shut the bed for a lot of coaches. We'll go through our Bloody fantasy up. teams and... Uh, analyze all that but i want to talk a bit of actual footy i've got a couple of uh 
questions that I want to fire at you. Uh, before we dive into them, what did you think of uh, West Coast's performance? There's a couple of those young kids that looked all right. Yeah, got to admit, first uh, pretty much three quarters, I was getting a massage. Uh, nice. So I missed it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was nice. Got a, anyway, a bit of reflexology. So I missed a big chunk of it. Um, kind of came out and it was about even. We sort of maybe went up by a goal and then it was pretty much all gold coast um yeah. so you might have to fill me in a bit more on the the kids but uh i didn't expect to win that one although you know i sort of was getting messages halfway through the game like, oh you're up and i was like oh maybe maybe we'll just pull it off but uh just feel like we ran out of legs i don't know it's tough with <laughs> i think you've got potentially shuey kelly witherden Duggan and someone else that I'm blanking on to come back into the side mm. this week. So that's like a pretty prestigious group of cats for the West yeah. Coast boys that were weren't on the park. Foley looked all right. I uh, was at the Hybler Tavern uh, and I had a I had a pole directly in my line of sight. So I also have a, a very limited opinion on the game. But right. yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't think they actually looked that bad. I was kind of Gold Coast had to win that game. It was like mm. good for them to get that dub on the board. I think it's the first time they've won at Optus. No, what's it called now? Perth Stadium. Yeah. Um, definitely yeah. against you Is it boys, not called it? Optus anymore? Did they change uh, it? It must be. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember the naming yeah. okay. uh, rights. But yeah, um, it was good for them to get the dub. But yeah, I was pretty pretty proud of how uh, West Coast stood up. Tommy Barris looks like uh, an elite defender. I'm still campaigning for him to make the All Oz all squad this year. Mm-hmm. Kicked his first yep, snag, kicked his 100th game. That's pretty uh Yeah, pretty how cool. cool is that? That's very, very cool moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's as much, like, turmoil at West Coast as a lot of people are making out. But, you know, you've got 25, 26 fit blokes to potentially play. Declan Mountford getting picked to be like, oh, mate, can you uh, can you pull on again? Yeah. <laughs> we might need you, hey, a week after being signed. Patrick Nash, like, got to the club, what, two weeks ago? Something and he's, like, like yeah, starting on the field. Yeah. Tough times, tough times for the boys. Yeah, I, um, I sort of hope that um, West Coast can struggle and just sort of hold it together and put forth valiant efforts for the next few weeks and sort of like set up a good sort of intensity and style, like play style as blokes roll back in. And if people can sort of keep that going, I actually think we might have a shot at the eight, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Anyway. It was good to see that they just didn't get rolled from start to finish, yeah. right? Bloody oath. Because you got... You got North next week on the road, but whatever. And then you got us. Okay. Then you got uh, Collingwood, Sydney, Port, Richmond, Brisbane. So, you know, that's very possible that you can, I don't know, I think I reeled off seven games there. You could be three and four, four and three after those, yeah. if you uh, pick a couple of teams. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool man. Um, all right. Speaking of that game, first question I want to hit you with. Uh, can Matty Rao win the Brownlow? 33 touches from the bloke, 22 contested. He's probably getting the three in that game. Is it a bit of a stretch to say that he's a Brownlow threat? Yeah, definitely a, a stretch. I, I expect him to be bloody good. I don't think he's going to do that week in, week out. You know, yeah, and okay. blokes like, you know, there's guys like Petrarca, Neil, those kind of crew who are and Merritt are just going to do that week in, week out. Um, so I don't see him competing. But you know what? It's pretty much him and Took uh, on that side who would claim votes. So if they mm. can get, I don't know, I don't know how many wins they get, 10, 12 wins, 
and he's best on ground in most of them, maybe, or set two votes. So, yeah, I could see it happening. He's a he's a visible player all round. Yeah, good point. So I think maybe. for them to for them to do that, like for him to be in that position, they'd probably need to, like you said, win or go above five hundred, like win twelve of their games, which yeah. might be a tough ask. They might win eight to ten, uh, and he still could be a threat. But I reckon like top five, top ten is like his absolute ceiling. Yeah, pretty pretty big ask for a, what a bloke who's played five AFL, not even five probably. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think he. Oh, that's a good question. Actually, how many games he's got to his name? It's pump not the a ton, eh? Yeah, pump the brakes. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll pump the brakes on Matty Rao. What about Carlton? Are the Blues back? They got Walsh. Did he come back into the side? Matt Kennedy looks great. Paddy Cripps kicks three in the preseason. Everyone or four in the preseason. Everyone's like, oh, let's just settle down and does it again in the regular season. Granted, it was against a an aging Richmond team that seems like they're about to flip into a rebuild rather than contending, but are Carlton back? Are we high on the Blues? Uh, yeah. The, the big thing in that game, obviously Hewitt is a great in for those guys True. Um, yep. and for our fantasy sides, but the big thing I reckon for Carlton is Govs going back. I was about to I say that's exactly that, the same thing. That's the big, huge move. You know, they have, is it Weedering back there? He's, he's, I think he was in all Australian contention, maybe if he didn't get it last year. Unless I'm getting him confused with a North Melbourne bloke, but I'm pretty sure it was him. No, I think he might have even made the team, to be honest. Yeah, you're right. So you've got him, but then you just sort of need someone to float across and drive. And Govs is a beautiful kick. He He's pretty quick, even though he's you wouldn't pick it. His brother's not yep. quick, but Mitch is real quick. Um, I reckon that's the move that's going to, sort of push Carlton forward if he can stay on the on the deck. So deep midfield. Um I guess that pit net's all right in the ruck. You just need a serviceable serviceable bloke. Um they got plenty of blokes who can kick goals. Uh I really liked little Durden. Yeah he did look good the play. He looked great. Yeah he didn't get the wickedest fantasy score but he looked phenomenal. Um so yeah I, I really like Carlton. I you don't have a lot of faith in them to make the eight. Because it's come, mm. but I, I'm I'm ho- I'm high on the Blues. I would say they're trending upwards. That's for sure. I thought Govsy only had 14 touches. It felt like he had 20 to 25, right? Like his yeah, it felt notable like touches. Yeah. So yeah. I think I like I said, totally agree with you. I think his addition is going to be pretty huge for those boys. Uh, sticking with the Tigers, who do you think is going to finish higher, St Kilda or Richmond? Both teams that had an L in one of the first couple of games of the round. Saints obviously played a couple of kids. Richmond, like we just said, are teetering on the edge of flipping into another era. Um, who do you reckon is going to finish higher this year? Who did the Saints play again? I'm blanking. They lost to Collingwood on Friday. Ugh. Yeah, look, I don't have a lot of faith in Rich. I've sort of been saying for years, Richmond's fucking old. Like, yeah, you know, they... all their best players are bloody old. And you know, Dusty started like house on fire, but then you know you didn't see him for the rest of the game. I worry about their midfield depth. Didn't Prestia go down again? Yeah, did his hammy. Fucking hell, mate! Like Jack's yeah, got a broken I, finger as well. I'm gonna. I would back Richmond's system and them as a club in to finish higher, but um, that's not me saying I've got much faith in Richmond at all. I, I the Saints are a mess, you know. But I reckon they got blokes to come back. 
Richmond have a great system, but uh, yeah, I reckon they might be on the down this year. Yeah, this might be um, the start. This has come end, from right? a West Coast fan, so you know. Um, GWS and Sydney, who's going to finish higher out of those two? They played off in the uh, Sydney Derby, obviously. I was I was really surprised that Sydney got up, and sort Me of too. everyone. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's backing them in. I saw a lot of crew picking them for top four, uh, four, and I was just like, what's going on here? Um, Great defensive side, but I I reckon GWS out of the two. Just got guns everywhere. Crew, you know, Himmelberg, pretty good. They've got Haynes to come back in. Phil Davis looked as good as Phil Davis has ever looked, I I think. So I think as they get that midfield rotation together, you know, like, you're sort of like, well, where's Tom Green fit in this? Like, we played phenomenal. Hopper's always in there, and I wonder if he should be in there as much as Kelly and Cogs and Taranto. But I think they've got the A graders to to propel them up. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if if we saw them finish top four. And like where you were texting um, yesterday night, that bloody oval they played on was tiny. And it just mm, true. It, it played right into Sydney's hands. Really didn't fit GWS's play style. Like Lockie Whitfield didn't get off the chain because there's no fucking space out there. So I think once they get back to, is it Skoda? Is that where they play? Yeah, it might still giant be Giant Stadium. Stadium. I don't know. Yeah, once not a lot of sponsors to... lining up to uh, promote the GWS boys. No, nah, once they get back to Giant Stadium um, and play on some bigger grounds, for some reason they always get to play in the G. So. I reckon they'll be fine. They just need that space to roam and let those sort of primos mm. get going. You might have convinced me. I was, I'm kind of on the Sydney train. I reckon that they will finish higher. I think both of those teams will finish in that like bottom part of the top eight, if that makes sense, yeah. like the five sure, to eight sure. range. Uh, and I think the Swans will top the Giants. But, you know, I made the argument last week that port could be on the decline because they don't have a lot of like a-grade studs um in my eyes and then gws has them pretty much cross every line if you ask me himmelberg yeah. impressed yeah. as well with finlayson gone yeah. i thought he looked pretty lively so yeah that'll be a tight one i'll be interested to see so what's how that unfolds. toby green's deal so he bumped that umpire i can't remember if it was at the end of the season or in the finals do you remember yeah. that at like half time or three quarter time feel like that was two two years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Probably so was. He probably did it two years ago as well. Yeah. He's, uh, oh, I think he got a five-game or maybe six-game ban. So, <sighs> and then I think they got knocked out that game as well. So, he's back, I don't know, like round six-ish. Okay. Yeah, that, that's important for them. Yeah. Uh, Josh Rochelle Light, they're calling uh, Toby Green. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody oath. Um, all right, last one. Do you reckon Buddy hits the tonne? This week against Geelong, I uh, may or may not have lost a carton of beer because I thought that he was going to just come out guns a blazing and kick five this weekend. Uh, in hindsight, I forgot Davis. that Lance Franklin's uh, 35 and, yeah, was being locked down by uh, Philba. He's the buddy he gets killer. it done against Geelong. Is that down at Geelong? Oh, actually, don't know. Because it feels like Geelong would have played at home if because they're at the G, right? Yeah, I think I want to say it's at the SCG. Hang on, I'll get it. Oh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's at the SCG. Oh, I thought Geelong. it might have been in Melbourne, nah. but nah, give him one more week. Yep, yep. I thought you'd say that. Yep, because I've also got a bet on uh, for him to do it this weekend as well. So I uh, might if be uh, forking out a lot of dollars. Yeah, if he was at a bigger ground, I would back him in. 
There's CG. I guess he's probably kicked a shitload there, but just it feels like Geelong's system. Is that, is that, do you say playing Geelong? Nah, it's a, it's CG. But they're playing Geelong? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I just feel like that their system will sort of lock it down. I don't know. Fuck Who's Geelong's like key back that'll go to him? Do you reckon? I'm just trying to get their lineup up from last week. Well, they'll just float Tommy Stewart in front of him the whole game. Um, like a collar Jasney, Blitzarves, Blitzarves down there maybe. It doesn't feel like it feels like it'll be a system shutdown of Buddy, mm. not okay. one bloke doing it. But I feel like if there's any team in the league, it's probably Geelong's backline. So small ground, not going to be a lot of room to move. They probably yeah. wouldn't have uh, thrown. Sam DeConning on him, even if Sam DeConning was fit. I think he's concussed and out for a week or two, but good on you, probably a, a good uh, good way to transition into talking about our fantasy side. Didn't have DeConning on uh, my field, but he, much like a lot of the defenders in fantasy circles, just shat the bed this weekend. Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, uh, full credit to Aaron Hall, who did exactly what we thought he was going to do. And I reckon... 10 minutes after round 23 finished, we're like, well, make sure we put Aaron Hall at D1 next year. And what did neither yeah. of us do? Put uh, Aaron Hall at D1 and we paid the price. In my defense, I didn't think he was playing. Neither did and I. Had I known. I thought he still hurt his happy. Yeah, I, I'm almost glad I didn't know he was playing because that would have just thrown me in a fucking loop, fantasy like setup wise. But yeah, but I. Uh, would have had him in because I bl- love the bloke. I reckon he's just he's just a mark kick fiend. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm sort of now like shit. How can I get him? I got. Did you get to watch money. that game? Uh, watch the first. Watch the second half. I uh, yeah, I was, I was a bit busy yesterday. I must admit. Um, that I watched like, the first half he had, and especially there was a period. I think it was late in the first quarter or early second. He was just like you could see him on the screen just fleeing in like a sprint to ten, get open 10 to 15 metres of space. Little chip plus six, little chip yeah. plus six. And I was just sitting there shaking my head. I was like, oh, damn it. Mm. Still got him in the, yeah. the keeper league. So I was like, yeah, glass half full. But um, yeah, yeah. how yeah. did, uh, with the exception of shitty defenders, how did the rest of uh, the Quisplorkin boys go in round one? What did you finish on? Oh, my f- forward line did phenomenally. Cogs was the lowest score on 87. Obviously, Pretty I had heavy. Rochelle, 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 Rochelle on the field. I think it's Rochelle. For a hundy. Yeah. And then had Trelaw, Butters go for 95 plus. And then Terrence was phenomenal, like I expected. Dunkley was good. So, yeah, that's that was my team. Rux did really well. Bloody listeners last week would have heard me saying I went was going Marshall and English, which would have been the best duo. Would have been a got. master stroke. But um, oh, Witsy had 89. So I went Royal Marshall. Witsy did bloody well. Midfielders, other than Whitfield, um, were really good. Um, Merritt was my skipper. Lockie was great. Um, but yeah, it's that back line. It's the back line. And I'm sort of looking at it and I'm just like, DeConnick is on the field. Um, Gibkus gave me fuck all, and I'm just like, Ugh, where? How can I even change it? I feel like my back's against the wall this yeah. week. So, got two days and 21 hours and 39 minutes to figure that out. I'm thinking of uh, 
speaking of Aaron Hall, doing something to rectify the fact that I don't have him in my team. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if it's a smart decision or not, but I just want to have Aaron Hall. So watch this space. Uh, yeah. I'll talk trades in a minute. I Where's my little entourage? I ended up getting 2064. Not bad, not mm-hmm. bad. Put me at like yeah. three and a half thousandth. How um, often do you bloody go 2000 in round one? It's pretty yeah. rare. So I was watching... Yeah. Um, because I had, I went through a very interesting experience with my fantasy side on the weekend. Because I had Nick Martin as my emergency, mm. and I had uh, Nathan O'Driscoll in my back line, and I was like, oh, I'll just use him as my loophole to get McRae's score. But then when bloody Martin went bananas, I was like, oh shit, I think I have to like try and cash his score in as well. Mm. So good old uh, Elijah Hollands came into the side, and he was my. Good on you. Um, emergency and then made him skipper as well so i was just watching the whole weekend and i was like oh man my rank's like ninety thousandth. what the fuck but i still had martin and mccray's double score to come in so yeah when that popped up i think that vaulted me straight into like the top 15k or so so i was pretty chuffed with that but um yeah yeah i'm looking at doing uh maddie crouch out because he did have his 30 but i said it to kizza when we were watching the game, I was, I reckon Crouch will average 30 and probably 87 fantasy points this year. Cause he had like a couple tackles, had a couple marks. Like it wasn't like he was zeros in both. I only had 83 points spent like a fair chunk of the game on the bench at times as well. So like, he's still obviously coming back and getting his legs back into him, but I just don't think he's going to be the like hundred, 105 average type of bloke that we've seen in the past, especially with when Roy Laird comes back in, he might, lose some snaps in there they've got um ben keys who's looking like a stud as well so i don't know i reckon he'll just be the one firing out handballs he might lead the afl in handballs this year but i wonder if his fantasy scores are just going to suffer a bit as a result yeah I t- I, when you said that i it just baffled me you know because you got crouchy in the middle of last year you were like oh if he comes back I'm, i might just roll the dice on him two years ago he was he was one of the premier, the start of last year, he was one of the most expensive blokes in the comp. Yeah, true. He's 26 years old. I'm just not willing to, he just had 30 in his first game of AFL in, in like fucking year. Yeah. He's, and he was out with shoulders, right? Nah, I think it was his groin. Oh, I thought it was like shoulders and pecs or elbows or something. Anyway, I just, He always wears I sort of double strapping on the shoulders. So that's pretty understandable. Yeah, so I just think you got to hold on to the to Crouchy personally, especially because he's he's cheap right now. He's got room to go. Get rid of him when he puts on 80, 90k. Mm. But I reckon for for me, where I'm sitting, I'm I'm locking, I'm holding for now. That's my thought. You're making a lot of sense. I I don't know. I just want to have Aaron Hall back at my side, mate. If I do that, I can get rid of fucking Justin McInerney, who sucked. <laughs> But again, was a skinny ground, didn't have a lot of space. He's like the preseason hype bloke that came in for me this year. I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to have yeah. Jordan Dawson's role and average 80. Fuck it, he might even get 90. Traders yeah. were all over him, yeah. When I saw him in a lot of people's teams, I was like, Ugh. I, I think he's, he's a bloke who could get 120-some weeks, but mm. also lots of 60s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of 40s, apparently. So, yeah. Is that what he had? Yeah, 43. Um, oh we might have bloody Sam Skinner from Port Adelaide 
making his debut. Handy uh, defender forward. So fingers crossed. Josh Jeez. Sin uh, might be in the same boat as well because they had bloody um, Alir Alir go down. Who else was banged up? Dersma. Robbie. Robbie oh, was a bit banged. Robbie Gray. The Cannon, McKenzie as well. Connor Rosie was banged up. So yeah, might be a couple of change reports. So hopefully we can get one of their young defenders. Um, yeah. what, are your, what are your trades looking like this week, bloke? Mate, I don't know. I, no I sort of am looking at, I'm like, I don't think I got, I got no money to spend. I don't have a lot of room to move. I'm sort of back, mm. like I said earlier, back against the wall. So I might just have to, I'll, I'll fuck knows, mate. I honestly don't know. I'm just going to wait for selections, I think, and maybe just flip rookies in and out. Yeah, um, okay. And just honestly, like, the the backmen were shit. Like Whitfield gave me a night sixty nine, short sixty eight. Crispy was whack. Like yeah, but I think they'll bounce back. You, I don't want to get rid of those blokes at this point in the season. You know, forwards yeah, I'm not going to touch. Midfielders were all pretty good. So yeah, it will. I think for me it'll just be a bit of shuffling, um, for the moment and just see. I, I only had twenty eight play. So it'd be nice to try and get that to 30, see if I can pull something like that off and just sit and wait, I guess. That's yeah. me, probably. Nothing big like you, mate. Well, yeah, if I don't follow through with this crouch to Hawley and throw Trelaw into the guts, which that, that does mean I'm putting another rookie on the field too. I'm like, right. I'm going from, what have I got now, five to six? Yeah, not including like I will Brody and a couple of those other mid-prices in the back line so much the same though i'm like oh yeah i'm pretty happy with everyone on my field uh, not named josh ward but you know he's a debutant if he gets a 60 next week i'm sure i'll change my tune a bit so yeah watch yeah. your space i've got to uh, what do you have uh, what do you have this week 40? he only had 41 um yeah but he got i don't know if he got a cork but he like hurt himself somehow and like okay. sat a chunk of the last quarter um and that Connor McDonald bloke, his teammate, like started to kind of get better as the game went on, whereas Ward right. seemed like he was just like trying to get used to the pace of it. So had yeah. bloody 30 touches in the preseason. So hopefully he bounces back. That's it. I get to um, swing Rochelle into my field as well because he sat in the utility, so I didn't have him on my field to cash in Martin's Yeah, I saw score. that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Josh Rochelle, do you want a useless sports by Fry stat? Yes. Uh, he got his nine coaches' votes on debut. There's only one other bloke that's got that many coaches' votes uh, in their first AFL game. Do you reckon you can name who it is? When when did the coaches' votes start? Like, is it recent? Is it? Am I going back you, 30 nah, years? Nah, it's, it's been in the last decade to 15 years, I would say, ballpark. Rao. Nah. Yeah, didn't get nine on debut, which surprised me actually. You'll get it. You'll think about like blokes that had stunning debuts. Ah, oh, I'm I'm blanking. I don't know. Who nah, right, it would take me what, too long. He's uh he's a mature ager. Oh. Played for one of the WA teams. Oh fuck. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's Werribee's coach now. Yeah, I'm just fucking tell. <laughs> Here, no, I've got nothing else. It's uh, it's Michael Barlow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would never have got that. But yeah, okay. he was a bloody good first-year player. Far out. Yeah, you're not wrong. 
yeah, might have uh, some of this year's rookies challenge uh, Michael Barlow for the best like fantasy debut season, to be honest. Nick Dacos is looking pretty yeah. legit. Don't yeah. think Rochelle will kick five every week, but um, yeah, watch your space. Never know. You never know, mate. Well, last, uh, actually, last question I got for you. This is on the run sheet. I wrote it down as like the first thing to discuss. Uh, and this okay. will be a good transition into talking about some of the best NBA players going. Uh, is Petrarca the best player in the AFL right now? Oh, there's a lot of players, which makes it tricky. But I, I would have to say yes. Dip, but there's so many metrics, right? Like, but I would probably say, yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're starting a franchise, like you get the Tasmania license, and they're like, "Congrats, mate! You get all these draft picks, and you get to rip one bloke from one team, and he's yours." You might want to take like a young key forward or something, right? But yeah, do you reckon maybe. Petrarca's that like that bloke? Do you reckon you would take him over a forward or a, a young key positioner? Yeah, it would be Petrarca, Kelly. Or maybe Steel or Walsh. Yeah, Steel's another great call. One of those four for mine. I don't know. There's, and there's no. Who's rounding out really the top five? Answers, hey, I said, and Tuki Miller clearly rounds out the top five. He'd be up there, old Tukaru. Yeah. yeah, love a bit of Tuk time. Yeah, I've always got time for Tuk. Uh, I've always got time for talking about basketball so let's transition into a little bit of top 10 players in the nba we were toying with the idea of doing this in the last podcast but no who'd have thunk it we talked for a bit too long so we didn't have time to squeeze it in no uh so i actually i think you said there was a ringer piece that went out maybe a fortnight or so ago 10 days ago that kind of prompted us to kickstart this exercise Mm. I found it a bit tougher than I thought it would be to list like the top 10 players that I thought. I thought you got a couple of clear dogs at the top then there's a couple of clear dogs in the middle. And then once I got to about eight or nine, I was like, oh, you can virtually throw a blanket over a lot of these pricks. eh?" Yeah, definitely. And we did this earlier. I think it was the start of, oh shit. It wasn't the start of the year, but we did. We did it at the start of the NBA season. Um, Oh, that's right. Once the podcast was firing, I think it was about 20 games into the season or so. We talked, we did yeah, like okay. superstar versus star rankings from memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where so do you yeah. want to start? Start at the. I reckon we start at the spot? top. No, nah, I reckon we start at the at top because the, the, the couple of like borderline ones, I reckon, are the trickiest to define. Um, okay. You could go back like from the 10 and work to one, but I think we're both going to have the same one. I reckon we might have the same two. And I think I don't, also... I don't reckon we will have the same one. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you lead off then because uh, I know who mine is. Well, I reckon there's three blokes who are clearly who are clearly the three best players in the league. Same. I reckon it's between Jokic, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. Same. And my number one. My, it, and it's unlikely if coming from me, but my number one is Kevin Durant. I think he's the Ooh, best okay. player in the in the world. Um, yeah. When he's fit, there's just no stopping him. Like he's a he's a pretty good defender. He, he does a bit of everything, but he, him at the scoring end is just unstoppable. And we've sort of talked about it with the Nets. 
as we talked about last week, I was saying I'll take Kevin Durant and I think he's the best player in the world, which hurts me because I'm a obviously a Jokic and Nuggets man, but I reckon KD is the most impactful player in the league. So he's my number one. I totally agree with the fact that you can have a bit of a blank or like a not daylight, but there's a gap between these top three and the rest. But yeah, it's it's fucking tough to pick out of these three because yeah, Jokic's defense this year has like vaulted him up a bit higher. I reckon Giannis is obviously. Yeah. I think Bill Simmons said it on his latest pod, or someone did. I listened to a lot of podcasts this week, um, including this one. Make sure you subscribe. And he said that Giannis might be the most underappreciated like NBA megastar because he's like gone out and won an NBA chip. He like delivered from the free throw line as well, like vanquished a lot of demons winning that chip. Hasn't taken a backward step this year and no one's putting him really in the MVP conversation. Like it's, everyone's got Jokic and, and Bede at the top. And like, well, Giannis is still like just doing his 28, 13 and six and like probably going to mm. lead the Bucks to 50, 55 wins again. So Might win the scoring title. Yeah, it's right up there. He's a serious threat. So I I jostled quite a bit with where I was going to put these three. I think not even based on like how they're playing right now, but I'm like, right, if I want a bloke to win me a game and then, you know, I think we did the same with the exercise when we talked star versus superstar, I'm still picking Jokic a fraction of a hair over KD. He was my number two. Okay. Um, because a of like what I said a bit earlier, his defensive uh, metrics are like jumping off the page. He's improved on that end, mm. but he's so fucking good in the clutch. Like Durant is too. Don't get me wrong, but you you run your entire offense through Nick Jokic and literally just put the ball in his hands, and then he will either make that that pass that he threw to Aaron Gordon against the yeah. who was it Clippers? Can't remember. Yeah, it was Clippers. But this um, that assist that he had the like set Gordon up for that buzzer beating three or like late game clutch three. That was, might've been the play of the season, to be honest. Like that was yeah, ridiculous. Hit, hit Monte against the Warriors as well. True. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yep. and to be honest, that's, that's a bit of the reason why the Cavs, uh, Cavs beat you boys the other day. Cause literally they just weren't letting Jokic touch the ball the last like couple of possessions down the court. And when he yeah, did, he scored. A, yeah. It was a bit of a, a shit show that one, but um yeah, I would I would probably go Jokic number two uh, as well, but just a hair over Giannis, who, like you say, super underappreciated. Probably just his market is is a bit of a factor. Um, the Bucks are a little bit I wouldn't call them exciting, you yeah, know. Right. Whereas I feel like the Nuggets are quite an interesting, exciting team. Have Bones doing interesting stuff, so. Jokic is having the best season out of the three, but I think KD's the best player out of the three. But like I say, I think these three are, are really in a category of them their own. Yeah, that's bad words, but you know what I mean. No, nah, no. And then I we agree. sort of then we sort of go down the line to the next. I, I reckon it's there's a top three, and then there's a next four. Personally, yep. I think I had five or so in that group. Uh, okay. And that was, oh yeah, no, I got five in that group. So I had uh, Steph at the moment at number four, and okay. I t- tossed up quite a bit over him or another bloke that could win the scoring title in LeBron James. Sure, 
And then another bloke that could win the scoring title in Joel Embiid. I had like the three of them I found really tough to peg in those, what are we, four to six range. Um, but I think Steph's, he hasn't like done a lot defensively, obviously hasn't got like that huge rep, but we saw when Warriors were at their full strength and powers and he was chopping that they look like the juggernaut of years past. LeBron's obviously wound back the clock and gone unreal. And I don't dislike Embiid, but there's just something about him. I can't fully, not even endorse him. I don't know what the right way to say it is, but there's just something off about him. Like if I was running a franchise, I just wouldn't love him as my premier gun. Um, Bit unfair, but for that reason, I just, I kind of unfairly just put him behind those other two. Maybe it's because sure. he doesn't have a chip and he hasn't had as many like chances to deliver in the playoffs and shit like that. But yeah, I don't know. Did you have similar blokes in that range? Um, similar. I but I had Luca next. Yeah, okay. Luca's the very it, next one I got after Joel. Yeah, there's a big gap between the like from the three, and then I think Luca, the way he's played in the back half of this year. And sort of the last few years, I think he's sort of taken the next step. He's sort of doing a lot on his own with not a not lots in, not a lot of help. In, yeah, he's um, got fuck all hope. Dallas. Yeah, he doesn't, and they're doing phenomenally. So I actually think if you look at impacting winning, I think it's Luca number four. Then I'll roll with Curry because like mm-hmm. he's just he just changes the game when he's he's, he's in there. He's so unguardable. Um, then I would have LeBron, um, but that would have been very different two months ago. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would actually, I guess there is four, sorry, one, two, three. I guess there's maybe a few more in this lot than I think, because then I'd probably have Chris Paul, then Embiid. Okay. Because I, I agree with you. There's just something about Embiid. Like, obviously, the Nuggets I'll put my finger on it, eh? Well, he's not fit. He's super unfit. Like, he was so so much so that they had to... He wasn't um, rebounding in Philly free throws. He was going and standing down the other end to oh, save oh, his legs. Really? Yeah. He couldn't guard Jokic in the last quarter because Jokic was just eating him up and getting him in foul trouble. So in the last five minutes of that game, it was, who the fuck's their power forward? Um, Tobias Harris? Some It was some random, some random dude guarding Jokic. Not Niang? Nah, but (laughs) Niang fucking shut the bed. (laughs) Um, But it's those things. And he's obviously got the injury stuff he misses tons of games i think it's all those things kind of combined for me in into just him not impacting winning as much as these other guys like chris paul is he changes the suns like the sun's a bloody good team without him but he's just the cherry on top and he's he controls games so well i just i think the guys above the Jokic. Giannis, KD, LeBron, Luca, Chris Paul, Steph, they mm-hmm. control games. And I don't think Embiid does that. I reckon that's maybe part of what we just don't trust about him. You know, he just, yep. he's not the one controlling and dictating the game. So I, I think I've got him. I've lost my rankings now, but maybe that's eight. I don't know. That might be, that sounds uh, a bit harsh. 
Yeah, Chris Paul would be eighth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe he is seven or eighth. Um, and that's not saying this season he's seven or eighth, but I think if you're ranking the yeah, top players in the world, best players in the world, I think he's seven or eighth. Yeah. Well, I, again, I had Steph, LeBron, and Bede. Then I had Luca, um, who I agree has like really come on in the back half of the year. But then I had Kawhi over a couple of other boys because I still yeah. think, especially after like the way that he went in the playoffs last year, we kind of forget about like how good he is because we haven't seen him for 12 months. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he needs to be in that range. Um, then I had, this was tough because my nine and 10, one of them's Chris Paul and the other yeah. one's Ja Morant. Hmm. Yeah. Because I, I okay. had a look at the rest of the field and I'll be honest, the next closest bloke I had was Cat, the way he's playing at the moment. Um, Anthony Davis, nah, he's made of glass. James Harden, nah, he's just like shrinks in, under the intense pressure. Devin Booker, yeah. I think it's a bit too much to put him as a top 10 player. Maybe, but nah. Uh, Jason Tatum, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Not quite. Yeah, he's a top 10, a top five scorer in the league. But yeah, I don't think I can fully endorse him as a top 10 player. And then DeRozan's no. playing like one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did a bit of a Julius Randle, maybe not to the same extreme, but he's having like an outlier season and a huge um, performance for his first year in Chicago. But I don't think he'll be in the MVP conversation next year. Will still be great. Okay. Still averages yep. 25, but he's not a top 10 player. Playing like one, but no. Nah. So I had... Chris Paul slash Jar as my nine ten. Uh, I technically enough. listed Jar first, but it's probably unfair to put him above Chris Paul based on, like you said, how much Chris Paul impacts winning. Um, yeah, and you just sort of, I think Jar loses points for how well Memphis did without him. That's fair too. And it, yeah, and it depends if we're talking about just this year or if we're talking about if you sort of zoom out a bit and you're like, actually, who are the best 10 players? That's sort of how I'm approaching it. So you're right. I actually kind of forgot all about Kawhi. He would be in my 10, but just for argument's sake, I'm probably going to go, I actually would have had Cat at number 10. Mm. And I'm not a, I'm a uh, Cat hater, but I just think he's, he actually has taken a step this year um, and he's helping the Wolves win. So I, I actually reckon Cat, Super underrated, um, Very. honestly. And then I probably would have had, I just think he's, he just does a bit of everything. Jimmy Butler would have been mm, don't have that. one of the guys I would have thought of. Um, so yeah, that's probably how I would have rolled. But now you said that bump Jimmy Butler out of there and put Kawhi in. Yeah. And I think Kawhi in that like seven to eight range, like that's a pretty solid spot to have him. Um, you got to like yeah. bang him a little bit for um, not being able to play a shitload. Like even when he was healthy pre, did he do his ACL or did he just have like a partial yeah. tear or something? ACL, yeah. Yeah. So even before that, you know, he was playing 60 games a season and you're like, uh, well, do I really, like if, he, if you're one of the best players in the world, are you out there 70 plus to 75 games of the year? Not really. Well, that, mm. that probably, you got to dock. A couple of points there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. like I said, I think, I think the top 10 is pretty like that nine to 10 spot. I kind of was shitting on Chris Paul a bit. He is definitely in the top 10. But after that, you can throw a bit of a blanket over a couple of the boys. Yeah. Like 
Ant Davis has top 10 potential and is always, not always banged up, but seems to just have like an injury to every part of his body once a season that forces him to miss yeah. three games in a row. Oh, don't I know, mate. I've got that <laughs> bloody proxy bastard in fantasy. And then he does his bloody MCL sprain and is out for a month, once every 18 months. So, yeah. Yeah, Harden, we've talked about a bit. Booker, I think Donnie Mitchell could vault himself up a level. Um, if Paul George is playing. And, yeah, he was the next one I was going to say. Paul George is probably getting gypped a bit too. Kyrie Irving maybe in the in the combo. Lillard, mm. those guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty similar universal top 10 rankings. Uh, just want to give LeBron James a shout-out for his uh, scoring yeah. exploits over to Carl yep. Malone, which I kind of had no idea that he was pretty close to doing it. Um, mm. He's on track. I had a bit of a look at like his career averages, where he was last year, what he's scoring this year. He should pass Kareem around the All-Star break next season. I think he's about okay. 1,400 points off, something like that. Wow. And he's done that almost every season he's played, including like some of the lockout-shortened ones and the COVID-shortened ones. So... Mm. Fucking machine. So shout out to LeBron. Unreal. Uh, before we go and wrap up, we got, uh, had, like I said before, had the Nugs and Cavs clash this week. Uh, did we yeah. uh, did we sweep the season series against Denver? Yeah, because you got the first one. Well, there's only two games. You, you that sort is of... fucking unbelievable. If you had yeah, told me that at the start us. of the season, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because you – at the start of the season, we must have played you like game three or something. Yeah. And when we lost to you guys, it was like, oh my God, that's one of the worst losses of the season already. Like you can chalk that, but then you sort of see how well you guys have done. And you're like, oh, actually, maybe that's not so bad. But, not um, too bad. Yeah. To, to blow that one the other day was sucked because it, it was one of those ones you're like, oh, the Nuggets should have won that. And it mm. was just literally what the last few minutes that they it went to crowd like last five minutes or something yeah it was weird like they'd probably sh- i thought that like 30 to 40 foot heave that Jokic put up at the end of the um regulation was going in i was like oh this mm. bloke is just like one leg turnaround fade away from midcourt and he's gonna fucking break my heart yeah but, uh rimmed out yeah luckily we got a that was very- a weird choice as well because he had a bit more time and like i'm like well, you're taking that like Pass the ball, yeah. dude. Like, and before anyway, that, anyway. before that, like before he got that possession, he was like using his hands to like signal for Monte or Will or someone to like get to the corner. He's like moved down the court, yeah. and they were just like cruising, taking their time. So yeah, it was strange. It was weird, but anyway, that that is a uh, Mike Malone not having a break glass in case of emergency play. That's yeah, it's bad. It's a bad coach. Right we now. said Versus that um, good team. When was it? Oh, when they played Minnesota in that. Um, 2019, yeah, like the year that they were basically playing for a playoff spot in the last game of right. the season, and there was like it one possession been, left. We were in Toronto. We were yeah, in Toronto might have been 18. Um, and we were like, right, this is it. This is when you whip out the play that you practice like once or twice a week. You have done all preseason. It's like, yeah, like you said, the break glass in case of emergency. And they ended up just like taking a shit corner three or something. The one thing I will say about those. They don't practice as much as we think. Like hmm. NBA teams practice like four times during the season, which I, I've only realized this year. But um, so that, you know, unless they ran it 
to death in training camp, you probably don't have those. I get a lot of chances, we, yeah. We think, yeah, but um, yeah, fuck, he's a crap coach, and the Nuggets need to get their shit together in those. But good win by you boys. Uh, can't can't be unhappy because you guys are probably my second favorite team. Hey, yeah, the Cavs. I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good, good for you to get the win. You guys needed the win too. So, fucking oath. Yeah. Well, that win literally because Toronto lost to the Lakers earlier that day. I want to say that put us in the six or like held us in the sixth spot, and they moved a game behind us. So we got right. eleven games to go. The Cavs are six. Toronto is one game behind in seven. And mm. after losing to Boston today. Minnesota's leapfrogged you guys, but you have exactly the same record. Uh, yeah, they got the tiebreaker. But Minnesota play Dallas tomorrow, I think, or the next yeah, day. Yeah, or... I was just—I've actually got the strength of schedule up, so like the remaining, um, what you call it, win-loss record of like the teams that they've still got to come up against. <laughs> the poor uh, Los Angeles Lakers have the hardest remaining strength of schedule. So enjoy that, pricks. Um, but. The Timberwolves are right up there. They're seventh. They've got to play the Suns still, Mavs twice, you boys as well. So mm. not all hope is lost. Um, yeah, but I be think very... that, that, that game against Minnesota, Denver, Minnesota will probably decide, decide the plane. But I know that the Jazz, the Wolves and Dallas all kind of play each other once or twice in this mm. run home. So I'm just holding out hope on, on that and just hoping the Nuggets can jag one against the Suns or something, you know? It's going to be tight. There's about 10 games left for every team and Dallas uh, is a game and a half ahead of you boys and then Utah is maybe a game ahead of them. So it's not set in stone by any means. You could bounce up. You probably want that. Oh, would you want to play Golden State? over Memphis now that Curry's gone down? Because we had this same conversation last week. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't know Curry's gone down. What is, what's he done? So Marcus Smart dove, like, not across his body, but, like, went for a loose ball. And, like, Curry, I think they said he, like, strained ligaments in his foot or he's got, like, something yeah. wrong with his foot. So he's out indefinitely. Like, I, I ditched him in fantasy. He's probably going to miss the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take Golden State then. Fucking nice. Yeah, and we've beaten them three times already anyway. And like, you know, even if he does, he's probably going to come back and play in the playoffs, might come back and play the last couple in the regular mm-hmm. season. But you don't want to be banged up entering the playoffs like with little legs under you. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Cavs are currently okay, slated yeah. to take on uh, Philly in round one if the season ended today. I you think, guys might get them. I was going to say, I think I'd almost rather take them on instead of Boston because they've been like flying and it seems like yeah yeah I don't know I'll be honest I haven't watched a ton of Boston lately I've watched a lot of the other East contenders and the other top squads but need to uh need to do a bit of a deep dive on the Celts before I give some educated opinions just quietly a lot of uh crew kind of are tipping maybe this next I think the next game's at home for Denver maybe Murray and or MPJ back that was going to be my final question of the podcast is uh, have you got a MPJ Jamal Murray update for us? So that's well, perfect. It's just for, for weeks and weeks, people have been like, Oh, they get back on a Sunday and play Boston like after the road trip. And that might just be when they come back. So that's a, the closest thing I have to an update. Um, there's a lot of people sort of saying, Oh, this is, this is when it would happen. Jamal went down to the, 
the G League and practice. Um, mm-hmm. So he's probably back now and ramping up. Um, whether or not he, I actually sort of expect him to play a few games and probably get shut down. Yeah. Just be okay. like, oh, we, we gave it a go. You know, you're sort of ready, but we're about to go into playoffs. Like, no go. But I think, I reckon MPJ will play. And he's a sort of bloke. Because he doesn't need the ball a lot. He just needs to shoot threes. Um, and he's been shooting unreal in practice. So I reckon he'll come back and play in the playoffs, which just changes the dynamic for Denver. It's so. huge, hey. Like, mm. And that's... I'm going to do a uh, NBA MVP update tonight, tomorrow. Probably not tonight. It's a bit ambitious. But I might. Um, I think... And I've got at the moment, spoiler alert, uh, Jokic and Embiid, I've copped out. I said there's one A and one B. Mm. Uh, but I think like he has clearly like epitomized the definition of being the most valuable player for his team. Yeah. Like he haven't had yeah, second and third best player the entire season. So if it's a bit of a line ball, I kind of use that as a bit of the tiebreaker. Like, no, you can't like get um I mean, yeah, Embiid's been great as a scorer as well, don't get me wrong, but you can't knock Jokic. Because he's like, oh, he's a, they might only win 50 games in the West and the East is better and Philly's done the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, right. Jared Allen's in about the same boat. Should be back before the end of the regular season. So, yeah, let's pray to God next time we're talking. The boys have hopefully pushed themselves uh, further up the standings or at least solidified their spots at six. Uh, hope so. Fuck. Fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. All right, Mike, thanks for uh, jumping in again. Another good podcast. We'll be back uh, talking fantasy. Two weeks in a row. Two in a row, boys. They might even, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I heard rumors there might even be another midweek podcast with uh, Frosty doing a bit of solo podcasting. Yeah, well, I thought there was supposed to be one last week, but. uh, Yeah, there was. There was, but uh, yeah, teacher life got in the way of that one. Yeah, fair enough. All right, thanks for uh, jumping in, JLo. Till next time, ship your windy. Ship it. Hey, Jay. Hey, man. You said good day. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did. <laughs>